Welcome to Chapel Bell Curve, Stats Focus podcast about UGF football. I'm Justin. And I'm Nathan. And today, as we've told you before, we're going to be talking all about the Georgia Tech game that was, the LSU game that is soon to be, and everything in between. But before we get into anything too wild, I want to hear a little bit about, as we said, the GT review. How much of this do you actually still think about, Nathan? Do you, do you want to kind of, you know, go back to the old adage of we don't really think about you, or was this a game that you will be thinking about for some time to come? Um, no, I mean, I don't, I think Georgia Tech is just sort of uh, football irrelevant, I would say, probably. I mean, they're very educationally relevant, but in terms of football, they don't really matter. I will say, like, the biggest takeaway yesterday was I felt like uh, it continues a sort of a trend of, I think after 12 games, you kind of like know who you are as a football team. And at this point, like this Georgia team might be the best team in the nation, but they are, I think, in some ways inherently flawed. Um, and those flaws showed up yesterday, right? And I don't think there are any, there are no college football teams at this point in the year that are not flawed. But I do think that the Georgia Tech game was a reminder that there isn't really a totally unbeatable team this year in college football. Uh, you know, Georgia Tech obviously was playing hard. For an interim coach and they like they like him i guess but i really think my takeaway is less about them and more about what it really says about who georgia is as a team Mm -hmm. um you know like i think yesterday was a really good example of something that anyone out there can understand and and think about to be a better uh football fan which is that you should basically ignore any team's first offensive drive because uh, the first offensive drive of any football game is play scripted and has been thought of like down to the down mm-hmm. to every single variable play. And Georgia Tech came out in the first drive and went 11 plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown, and averaged like five and a half yards a drive. And for the rest of the half, they had 26 plays for 122 yards and no points on four other drives. Right. So I'm I'm not really concerned about Georgia Tech. I find the making fun of Georgia Tech as a nerd school to be kind of reductive. Like, I don't think they're bad because they're nerds, because I think nerdiness is, and enthusiasm is something that we should all accept. I think they're bad because they are inferior humans who deserve my <laughs> scorn. You know, it's not sure. that their nerdiness, like, it's I also like, yeah, I That's also like Dragon Con. Yeah. Right? And I think engineering is important to the future of America, but I also think that they should feel bad. You know, I think they're morally and ethically flawed people, which is they totally separate from their nerdiness, right? Yeah. Um, so in terms of notes that I had from yesterday, I uh-huh. mean, it, look, I understand, like, as a straight white guy who lives in the South, yelling about refs is kind of like my birthright. It's like what I was born to do. Um, it was what I was put on this planet to do. But I, I will say I thought that the like hashtag ACC refs thing was pretty bad yesterday. Uh, there was like an aiding the runner call, which I looked up and so far as I can tell, it's only been called like three times and since 2005 yeah. during the Bush, to, Bush, Bush year, um, which is bad. Uh, and I wasn't, you know, I'm not like a conspiracy theorist guy. I don't think there's like some grand conspiracy against Georgia. I just don't like incompetence. And it's like, if I'm bad as an English teacher, then the state comes and takes over my school. But these idiots were just out there in front of God and everybody refing like they were good at it and it's like where's the where's the performance review for these dum-dums mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um how are you going to get off on your confidence kink if yeah. there's all this incompetency confidence. confidence is what i need yeah i don't that's care. all it is yeah conspiracy not asking about a lot believing in conspiracies is for suckers because they require <laughs> multiple people to tell the same lie which people are horrible at lying and always betray their secrets but i do believe that people are just bad at their jobs um <laughs> that's the real conspiracy yeah yes. let's see other notes that i have from the georgia tech game I would really like to get off of Kirby Smart's wild ride vis-a-vis red zone play calling. Um, I think at this point, 
Um, you know, like this has been a very successful offense between the 20s and most of our numbers, including CBCR2, have UGA as having the second or third best offense uh, in the nation this year. But inside of those goal-to-go situations in particular, UGA has been a lot less efficient and has had a, not has had very little success in power runs. Uh, per our advanced box scores from yesterday, mm-hmm. UGA had vamping for time, so I can scroll to the right place. All right, there we go. This is usually edited out. Yeah, usually we can take this out. So UGA uh, had two uh, successful uh, power runs on three tries, which is not that bad. But 37% of UGA's runs were stopped, which was for less than two yards. Um, And most of those stopped and stuffed runs were inside of the 20. Uh, I think Kirby Smart is like fundamentally like a lowercase c conservative coach. Like he wants to maximize his potential of winning while minimizing the potential for mistakes. And Mm -hmm. so it makes sense to run the ball inside of the five. But we're just not good at it at this point. And I would really like uh, for this ride to stop because it's not good for my blood pressure and mental health yeah. so if yeah. we could just throw on first down inside of the 20 if we could stop min maxing more football yeah. you know i already got this ssri prescription and i would really like to not have to up it um anymore here at the end of the season yes yeah, so yeah. talipram 10 milligram is really treating me right right now and i don't <laughs> want to be pushed up to 20 uh because kirby smart doesn't know how to call anything other than the inside zone yeah um, so talking about other things we need to fix, Mr. Keely Ringo, where art thou, yeah. Keely Ringo? Yeah, you have a note here. It's like Mr. Keeley versus Dr. Ringo. That's basically what we got yesterday. Yeah, you so, don't know who's going to show up. Yeah, yesterday was, was Mr. Keeley. <laughs> Keeley Ringo was targeted nine times and had three receptions for 47 yards against him, but he did also commit two really bad uh, penalties, one of which was a um, uns- not unsportsmanlike conduct, but some kind of personal foul for 15 yards. Probably given um, him the business. My Yeah, Given on the business, yeah. So my observation about Keely Ringo is that he is, well, I feel bad about saying this public in public because he definitely whipped my ass. And so like now I'm starting to realize if I criticize this athlete who is in way better shape than me, and he could theoretically hear this, but that's he's not like here. Dangerous. I'm yeah. looking around the room. Yeah, <laughs> he's not he, here. You're he's, good. He's very fast, and so I'm just a little worried about what I'm going to say. Uh-huh. Um, no, Keely Ringo is. I mean, he's probably going to be the first, uh, the first or second picked player from Georgia's team to the NFL this year, or next year if he goes. Um, and he is like the prototypical cornerback, but he doesn't have very good ball skills when the ball's in the air. Um, and he just got kind of torched a couple of times on long routes down the seam. Uh, that is concerning because there is a certain amount of, like, just explosive offense that you can expect in the CF in the college football playoff and LSU despite losing to Jimbo Fisher and his 90 million dollar uh, Baptist Bible study uh, yesterday is uh, pretty good down the field so I think he's a guy that's going to get targeted even though he is our like nominally best corner mm-hmm. and that is something to be concerned about going forward I'm also kind of concerned hold on I have to burp <laughs> I just don't want to burp and cover it up. Give me a second. <laughs> this All is right. also vamping for time. Yeah. He's really just thinking and processing. No, I've, I've, I've got, I know what to he, say he about really Stetson Bennett. Yeah, that, there was a burp there. I just... All right. So, you know, there's, there's two Stetson Bennett's. There's, like, built Ford Tough F-150 uh, Raptor Edition Stetson Bennett. And then there's, like, Ford Ranger Stetson Bennett. You know, and we need to get good Stetson Bennett. I don't mm-hmm. know which one of those is good. I'm yeah. probably... We need, like, built Ford tough Stetson Bennett. We yeah. don't need whatever that was. Sometimes he's just 
comes out and gets a little too excited and just throws the ball all over the place, but not to the right person or place. I do enjoy it. You might, you might, you might not notice this, but there are times when during the broadcast they go over to him and something weird happens. He's never like, oh, dang. He's always like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. <laughs> he just kind of shrugs like, huh. Bad, bad Stetson Bennett has the same facial expression that like George W. Bush did when he like admitted to committing war crimes where he's like, oh, but I'd be fun to have <laughs> a beer wild. with. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know, man. You'd like, be surprised by the things I can't say. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would really like, I would just really like for him to be a little more consistent. I mean, look, anything we complain about at this point uh, as the number one overall team is just sort of silliness. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Car- no, carry on. It's true. No, it's, it's just like, you know, we... You can be overwhelmed, you can be underwhelmed, as the saying goes, but we just want to be whelmed, Stetson. Just go be, back to being Stetson. I would like to be whelmed by Stetson. Please yes. whelm me. That's all we really want. And in a, like, totally platonic way. <laughs> you, you taught me to stand up. <laughs> I know you know how to stand up. All right, carrying on. Um, well, the last observation I have is, you know, there's a certain amount of, like, talk online about how, like, oh, well... Georgia's just like saving its plays and we haven't gone deep into the playbook and we've been playing vanilla. It's a common narrative. Yes. Yeah, it is a common narrative. It's a narrative even on this show. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and it's a common narrative, I think, because it's true. true. I mean, uh, you have certainly seen post Tennessee game, a reduction in the depth of the playbook offensively. Uh, And I'm, I think I would like to call this like Chekhov's gun offense where it's like, you know, Chekhov's gun is this narrative conceit by Anton Chekhov that was in the 1800s at like the beginning of the modern. And it doesn't matter. Anyway, it's this idea that like if Take you put him to a school, yeah, <laughs> if you put a gun on the mantle in the first act, the gun has to go off by the, the end of the play. And so I think this offense is sort of in a Chekhov's gun position because, like, it is true that our offensive game plan over the past three, three or four games has been incredibly reductive in the sense that we basically have just been running like four verts variations. Um, flight variations and then inside zone outside zone encounter we've been running like six plays for the last three games and winning admittedly but that has to pay off when it matters right and so like going forward like i the biggest thing i'm really looking for going into the sec championship and then further on whatever happens after that is do we actually open the offense up and to what extent do we right um one of the fundamental philosophical shifts inside of football, I think, over the past like 10 years has been this idea that the better your defense is, the, not, that doesn't mean that you should be le- more conservative on offense. It means you should be less conservative. Because if you have a better defense, you can take more risks on offense, right? Mm-hmm. And if we hold that axiom to be true in the modern era, which I do because I think you're going to have to you know, score 35 points a game to win the next three games, then I think we need to see a little bit more creative t- creativity out of Kirby Smart at all. I say Kirby Smart even though he's not the offensive coordinator because I think it's very clear that based on uh, Todd Munkin's tree and his sort of like body of results, he would like to throw the ball a lot and like target the deep game a lot more, but we haven't been. Um, So going forward, like that's really my number one concern is are we going to open the offense up Mm -hmm. and do we have any more variability in terms of what we run, particularly inside of the 20. Um, those are sort of your money plays in your playbook. I really, this is really out of pocket that I haven't muted my phone. All right. Um, Oh, God. So, yeah. Do you want to take us around the league? I would love to take us around the league. Yeah, we'll we'll get more into, we'll reference a lot of these Georgia Tech things going into the SEC Championship preview, which we're about to get into in just a moment. Uh, But other things that sort of matter that happen around the league, first and foremost, um, really doesn't matter to anybody other than us in this podcast, is 
FSU beat Florida, and that was pretty fantastic. It was good. I really enjoyed that. It was good, yeah. Florida is another academically relevant institution that their academics, their athletics program should be sewed under like Carthage. <laughs> like, I hope that Gainesville is an archaeological oddity in 500 years because I don't want their athletic department to exist. Um, there, there is this picture that I want everybody to, at some point to go look at that has Mike Norvell, the head coach of FSU. They have this tradition after every game, they have a rock that is like painted with all sorts of like, sort of, it's very similar to the Sousa show, the pregame Sousa show where you have, you know, your, it's your funeral dirge and everything, but theirs is they have this rock with all of the, uh, the painting of the team and different things about that team on this rock. And then if they win, someone gets to sledgehammer break the rock. <laughs> And so there's this picture that it looks like it could have been painted in the Renaissance era, but it's just a picture of the team and all of their faces as Mike Norvell was the one chosen to break the Florida rock. And it is absolutely gorgeous, uh, and it is a sight to behold. It belongs in a museum, mm. um, a fresco painting of our modern day. One of the few things that does belong <laughs> in a museum. All right, Michigan versus Ohio State. I like that in our notes here about Michigan versus Ohio, which would really piss off everyone at Ohio State. Oh, which, yeah. Which, makes, which brings joy to my heart uh <laughs> you know michigan manhandles ohio state yesterday i don't even know what the final score was uh, that doesn't really matter what matters is that it does put ohio state's chances to get into the playoff in doubt because Much they lost lower. big right if they lost close you would say that maybe they could sneak in um i don't think ohio state is in any way out of the playoff because of their incredibly masturbatory self and uh, self-aggrandizement and like their brand which is just sort of like uh personified presumption you know but uh, it does really decrease their chances. I would really like the Ohio State University to go to the Citrus Bowl. Yeah. That would make me happy. Yeah. Um, Ohio State's truly like the Clemson of the Big Ten is how I feel about them. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you've replaced hip hypocritical Southern Baptist Convention uh, theology with like just like general academic snobbery. <laughs> and finally, another team that we need to look at is LSU. What does LSU need to fix? Because they had uh, quite the game. Mm. yesterday. Do you want to talk a little bit about that one? Yeah, I mean, it, LSU lost to Texas A&M, which is embarrassing because Texas A&M is a cult. And <laughs> I know that I say a lot of out-of-pocket things that make you think, like, does this guy not want to ever run for elected office? And I don't. But they are a cult. If you look up anything about them, they wear, like, overalls and scream weird chants. And their cheerleaders are men that dress up like milkmen. I'm not joking. Huh. Look up Texas A&M y'all leaders. They look like milkmen. Um... <laughs> That, that's not, I don't That's neither I don't here nor there. Lie. That's just what it is. So LSU lost, loses to Texas A&M. Yeah. This is kind of egregious on LSU's part for a couple of reasons. One, they lost to Texas A&M in a game where uh, Texas A&M scored 38 points, which is embarrassing because Texas A&M scored 10 points against uh, Appalachian State yeah. and has like sort of a notoriously constipated offense right now because Jimbo Fisher is fully up his own ass. I think um, they were... Before yesterday, they were one of the only teams in the SEC that hadn't scored 20 points yes. or 25 points. They hadn't scored more than 20 points against a Power 5 team like in two years. Yeah. Uh, and last year, LS yesterday, LSU gave up 38 points to them, um, which kind of points out points to the defense. Uh, there were a lot of things that went wrong for LSU uh, yesterday, including some really poorly timed turnovers. But I think any time that you give up 38 points to um, – Jimbo Fisher's like weird 2010 dream of what an NFL offense should be. Uh, that's concerning if you're an LSU fan. <laughs> yeah. So that's a little bit of a, a review from this past weekend. Lots of good things to, to look at and go 
uh, over into the preview. Before I get into the preview, Nathan, is there anything you want to leave in the past here before we, we cross over into the future? Like, <laughs> the way you phrased that, it sounded like you're asking me if, I want, if there's anything on my spirit. Yeah, like, just can let it go. I come up to the altar. <laughs> you can come on up, and, and, and let unburden We're altar my calling spirit. here yeah. at Athens uh, Brewery. I don't really have anything to say about the Georgia Tech game. Oh, the band was there, and we had a joint uh, halftime show. That was cool. Timothy Miller sung God Bless America, and he cried. He was like the opera guy, the opera tenor oh. from the Atlanta Opera. No, but he cried in like a really like yeah. picturesque way. He had like a single tear going down his like beautiful sculpted cheek as he sang God Bless America in front of 90,000 people. I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. That was just uh, fear, actually. I was not overcome by emotion. He looked <laughs> I would like also he was cry sad. in front of 90,000 like people. Sad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, anyway, so one thing I was uh, supposed to do at the very beginning of this and I did not was to say thank you to Authentic Brewery. And I'm embarrassed to say that I forgot to do that earlier. But thank you all for letting us be here. You are listening to this later. If you're listening to this later, you're noticing that it sounds a little bit different. We're not sitting at our desk. So you don't hear all of the lovely sounds of our keyboard or our snorking or either sounds, of us breathing into the microphone. It sounds appreciably better, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's 9,000 people here. And it's lovely. But thank you all for being here. Thank you all for tuning in later. Thanks, Authentic Brewery, for having us. Let's get into the preview for this coming weekend. We're finally here, the SEC Championship game, and it's very exciting to be here. I thought that, as we do in every episode, as we go into our qualitative uh, sort of overview, we would talk about LSU and the history of this matchup with the Winsipedia, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to get us into the spirit with a little game. But do you want to walk us down through the Winsipedia? Just a quick overview for us. Yeah, so LSU and Georgia are... LSU is 13 or 18, 13 and one against Georgia. They've won five more times. The current streak is LSU two. They won in 2018 and 19, the last two times these teams played. One of them was a regular season matchup, uh, I believe, in 2018 at in LSU. It was 36 to 16 LSU victory. And the next one was the Joe Burrow year, where Joe Burrow just absolutely sliced and diced UGS defense. He's good. In 2019, he is good. It's real good. I would say, you know. In, interestingly enough, LSU is a, in front of UGA in national championships and conference championships. Uh, but I, my perception of these teams is that LSU is sort of like uh, either perennially successful or perennially like, uh, oh, can we curse here? Are there any children here? Hold on. No. All right. Or perennially like a massive clusterfuck. Oh, is there a child? No, I was pointing <laughs> okay. at your, uh, your sousaphones. No, they're fine. <laughs> There are sousaphones here, but me saying fuck in front of them is sort of par for the course. Um, we'll keep a PG-13. You've got your two. You get three, I, got, I think. I think that's how it works. Okay, I got two out. I don't so actually know. Okay, good. I got you. So they're either a CF or they are winning national titles. Uh, they've, won, they've won four national titles, uh, which puts them 16th nationally. They are 15th in overall uh, win percentages, 6.654. They have, let's see, where are they in total wins? They're 12th overall in total wins, 832. UJ is 11th. We, we passed them, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know. I mean, my, I, I kind of like LSU. They're like the SEC team that I appreciate. They have, they have yeah. a really good band. I know their band director. I know some of their band staff. Uh, their band is really fun, and there's not a lot of woodwinds in it, which I appreciate sort of aesthetically. Uh, and, yeah, you know, like, the, the deep tradition of like Cajun political corruption in Louisiana makes me happy. Like LSU has a good band because of political corruption. I don't know if you guys know this. Like the Kingfisher, you guys like Harvey. What was the last name? Not Weinstein. Huey Long. Um, Different guy. Yeah, sorry. Huey Long was this like politician in. They wrote the the Kingfisher about him. Uh, Huey Long was this politician in LSU who 
loved, or he was in Louisiana, but he loved LSU so much that he wanted to build a new addition to Tiger Stadium, and he, he couldn't do it with the federal funds that were coming in, so he turned the bottom of Tiger Stadium into, uh, like, basically dorms for, like, 15 people, so we could spend another, like, $50,000 on Tiger That's Stadium. Nuts. Also, that is why, he is why the um, LSU's band and still, until, like, I think 2015, had fully funded scholarships for their full band because of like some like really dirty like political appointments that had gone through in like the 40s. So LSU's band has been good forever because they've always been like covered in, well, not always. For a long time, they were covered in pretty dirty political money. Mm -hmm. uh, LSU's band is also the reason the Redcoats are good. In 1910, LSU came to UGA and really embarrassed UGA's band. And that was when we started putting enough money into it for it to actually be good. Oh. So. Now we know. Some history. Thank you. So I'm going to take you down a different kind of historical rabbit hole. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about, I want to bring us all back to the, the year 2021. <laughs> well, okay. last year. It's okay. around this time, December 14, 2021, LSU announced that they had a new coach. It was Brian Kelly, who is now the head coach of LSU. The most northern Irish Catholic suburban dad looking coach of a man debuted his newly found southern accent on that day after becoming a new LSU coach. That is inspiring this game that we're about to play, Nathan. This game is called, is that Cajun? And what we're gonna do is, I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, no, go ahead, it's fine. <laughs> it's kind of, it's gonna be a little bit, um, the way it works is going to be sort of, are you my mother? I'm gonna ask you a question in reference to a person, place, or custom, or culture, and ask you the titular question, is that Cajun? Is how this game is going to work because Brian Kelly, for sure, did not play this game before he went to Louisiana. Uh, those of you that not, might not be aware, there was a basketball game that I'm referencing that he kind of came out and announced that uh, it was like his first debut as the coach, and he had this absurd Southern accent. Uh, Brian yeah, Kelly it was, is from it was like, Mass was it Massachusetts yeah. or Maryland. It was like a, like, a, like a facsimile of a Southern accent in a movie that didn't do any research about the South. Like, he just pulled it right off the mm -hmm. dome. It was like one of the best things to happen last year, I think. It was pretty fantastic. It was up there for me. Like Evergreen was pretty awesome in the Suez Canal. Um, the Four Seasons uh, press conference, that was pretty awesome. And then Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, there's the three good things about 2021. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty fantastic. So we know that here at Chapel Bell Curve, we're going to come, we're going to come correct, which we have found is not particularly important to Brian Kelly. So before I go into all of this, I'm going to give you a quick definition of what Cajun refers to as a member of any of the largely self-contained communities in the bayou areas of southern Louisiana, formed by descendants of French Canadians. They, uh, speaking an archaic form of French, it was typically how they referred to. Acadians, um, yeah. Acadian French, yes. In, in the 70s, they were uh, recognized officially by the state of Louisiana, and they are featured predominantly on their flag. You might also hear people saying something like Cajun or Creole. Um, if you have not been in a high school history classroom like I have for a long time, I'll explain the difference. Creole refers to um, those born in Louisiana during the time of French and Spanish periods, uh, regardless of their ethnicity, whereas Cajun is a little bit different. It's, it's folks that were already there kind of thing, and descendants of the French. So without further ado, we're going to get into this game. I'm going to give you a couple different categories. I have three categories for you. They are language, foods, and people. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> you ready? You good? <laughs> you yeah, no, I'm fine. You yeah, good? Let's okay. So the first category, language. I'm going to ask you a question. Adding things like allons or mon chéri to your language, is that Cajun, Nathan? I mean, it's French, right? It's French. That's correct, yes. I'm going to say, yes, it is Cajun. That's correct. You're on a roll already. Look at you, coming out the gate strong. Number two, adding y'all 
to your common vernacular and everyday language. Is that Cajun? No, it's too white trash. It's Absolutely too, not. <laughs> too Southern. I say, I say y'all, it is too Southern. That's correct. It is not Cajun. Brian Kelly uh, added y'all to his vernacular when he got to Louisiana. It was not correct. Referring to a small, naturally occurring water feature as the crick or the holler. Is that Cajun, Nathan? No, that's Appalachian. That's correct. That is Appalachian. Ding, 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 ding. You are doing it. You're my man. White You're a southern man. Yes. <laughs> Finally paying off. There it is. We're digging into foods now. Uh, my very first food for you is called is a food called cassoulet. Do you know what cassoulet is? No. This is a hearty, slow simmered stew of sausage, confit, which is typically duck, uh, pork, and white beans. Where is cassoulet from? Is it Cajun? I'm gonna say it's French. That doesn't sound like poor enough people food to be Cajun. <laughs> okay, uh, that's correct. It is from southwestern God, France, so and it's delicious. I make a campfire cassoulet. God, it is outstanding. Question two: Low country boil. You know, big pot, potatoes, sausage, crawfish, corn, all poured out onto whatever surface you can find. Is that Cajun? And before you say yes or no, I will say a lot of Cajun foods are really meaty. They're smoky. They're one pots. So I'm, take that as you will. I think low country boil probably is closely related to like. Clam bakes and stuff, right? Okay, where are clam bakes from then, Smarty? Like Rhode Island? Maybe. I don't know. That's not in here. <laughs> but it's so low I'm country gonna, boil. I'm going to say no, it is not Cajun. It's not. It's from Charleston. Look God, at you. So they good. do eat a lot of low country boil, though. I will say the crawfish was a Cajun thing, but it was originally like shrimp and that kind of stuff. The last one is gumbo. Is this a trick question or not? Gumbo, for those of you that are not aware, <laughs> Gumbo consists primarily of a strongly flavored stock, meat or shellfish, a thickener, and I will not read the rest because it gives away the answer. I'm, is that Cajun? Is this like a Cajun versus Creole thing? Because like gumbo Maybe. filet is okra powder that you put in gumbo. And okra is in it. I'm going to say no, it is not. No, it is not? Yes. It is Creole, in fact. That's correct, yeah. God. <laughs> but it is now so the Louisiana <laughs> uh, official dish, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, gumbo has what is called the Creole Holy Trinity, which those of you that... Uh, you Are know, too white to know. <laughs> celery, bell peppers, and onion. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas normally you use the mirepoix, which is a French thing as well, which would make that Cajun, because that's Cajun. Cajun. But uh, that would be carrots, celery, and onions. The last category, Nathan, is people. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> uh, Slick-witted and sick with a bow staff. This kinetic energy manipulating card shark is one of my personal favorites of all time. Is Gambit from the X-Men Cajun? Oh, okay. Hold on. He's definitely from New Orleans, and he's from the fridge. Hmm. I'm going to say he's Cajun. He is indeed Cajun. Yeah. He is Cajun AF. He's from the French Quarter. He's from the French Quarter, yep. Uh, this famous rom-com star that would never dare to be caught without her spoon is Reese Weatherspoon, Cajun, Nathan. Reese Weatherspoon? Yeah. Where's she from? What's Did she about? Did you say she wouldn't be dare to be caught without, without her spoon? Without her spoon, yeah. She's God, you're with her spoon. such a dad sometimes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, I think she's from, like, Tennessee or Alabama, so no, I don't think so. She is from Louisiana. She is indeed Cajun. Ah, okay. We all learned something here today. The famous old man baby, Benjamin Button himself, is he Cajun? Where's he from, Nathan? <laughs> like the character Benjamin yeah. Button? Benjamin Button. It like, is, is there a book of that movie? No, there's just a movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that, would that change it? Not, no, I just, I don't know where this has come from. Um, I just Googled a bunch. Yes, this is, he is? He is, yeah, that's great, great job. <laughs> Good. 
What about the host of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, Mayor Guy, Flavortown Guy Fieri? Guy is he Fieri. Cajun? No, well, he's not from Earth, so I'm going to say no, <laughs> he's not Cajun. Where do you think he's actually from? Because I think that's also an interesting question. I think Guy Fieri, like, spawned out of a swamp in southern New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> like, he walked out of the Pine Barrens fully dressed with the hairdo. Yeah, that's correct. Have yeah. you ever seen Guy Fieri with his natural hair color? No, and he, I do not want to. He looks like the, like, before picture in, like, a rehab, like, like a before and after rehab thing. Why you gotta do Guy Fieri like that? <laughs> no, I love him. He's a great guy. He's just, he needs to keep his hair the way it is. Yeah, yeah. Keep the, keep the frosted tips. No, he's from Columbus, Ohio. Oh, uh, <laughs> a freaking course he is. The center of the universe, Columbus, Ohio. The Guy Fieri, uh, the Ohio State University. <laughs> the current... The mayor of Flavortown. <laughs> the, uh, the active, the single active FBS coach with the current best win percentage in the league, Brian Kelly, is he Cajun? <laughs> No. No, absolutely not. He is not Cation. <laughs> Decidedly not. We have decided. And that is our game today. Are you feeling in the mood to talk about football against LSU now? Yes. Fantastic. Let's get into the newsy stuff. Thank you. God, save me from my <laughs> podcast partner. Uh, okay. Um, injury report. Let's talk about injuries. You can't just act like the last five minutes didn't happen. I don't know what you mean. And then going to restart the podcast. That was the point of it, though, to get you in the mood. Are yeah, you not I'm in the mood? Yes, I am fully Are you not horny for football? <laughs> yes. Injury reports. Uh, A.D. Mitchell might play wide receiver for UGA, probably UGA's uh, most consistent wide receiving threat coming into the year. Uh, he's probably not going to be 100% if he did play. My understanding is that he warmed up and dressed out for the Georgia Tech game, but did not play. Uh, Zion Logue and Dejon Edwards have undisclosed injuries. Haven't heard any updates on those yet. They both looked like they were walking on their own power after injuries they received against Georgia Tech. Uh, Dejon Edwards in particular I think would be a blow because he's been very consistent throughout the year. Yep. For LSU, the, there are various and sundry injuries, but the number one you need to know is Josh Williams. He didn't play against uh, A&M. Hold on, i got to burp again. Uh, oh boy. See, that one was real. There was doubt as to whether or not the last one was real. I didn't, I didn't suppress it. Anyway. Uh, Josh Williams didn't play against AM. He's the most prolific running back. He's also a really good story. He was like a he's like their Stetson Bennett. He's like a former walk-on player. Uh, he has been incredibly effective this year and he was out with an injury. So his availability for next uh, for next week will be a thing to watch going forward. A game time decision. Mm-hmm. As they say. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to get to know LCU? Get to know him a little bit, yeah. yeah. Tell me about some players to watch. They have uh, a, a beautiful boy at quarterback. His name's Jaden Daniels. Yeah. Um, Tell me the numbers. Pay me a picture. So Jaden Daniels, who I believe is a transfer from Arizona State, I want to say, uh, he is sort of the engine that makes this team go offensively. He's 238 for 347, 250 or 2,566 yards. He has a 60.6, completion percentage, 7.4 yards per attempt, 7.0 air yards per attempt, which is very good. He's been throwing the ball consistently, prolifically. He has 15 touchdowns and only two interceptions on the year. He's also a real threat with his legs. He is a true dual threat threat quarterback he actually can throw and run mm -hmm. he has 174 rushing attempts on the year for 824 yards which is an average of 4.7 yards per rush he also has 11 rushing touchdowns he is the the spark plug that runs this whole offense they do have other several other uh, very significant offensive threats but really Jaden Daniels is the beginning and end of it his ability to extend plays and give them plus one in their blocking schemes when they run is kind of like the organizational foundation of the offense um, and it's also something that historically Brian Kelly teams even if you go all the way back to his days at Cincinnati and even before that at Grand Valley State 
uh, Brian Kelly teams that have a functional dual threat quarterback are more successful by like several percentage points at using most of the advanced metrics. Um, their running threats outside of Jaden Daniels, John Emery and Noah Kane are two high, highly rated core, uh, running backs. They both have been very effective on the year. Uh, they are both bigger guys. In particular, John Emery is like a big old tank of a man. Uh, they were both guys that were four and five stars coming out of high, um, high school. They were both heavily recruited by UG as well. Uh, Kayshawn Booty, which is so good. Great name. Is a great name. He's one. He's a big wide receiver threat. He's by far their most athletic and fastest pass catcher. He's six feet, 190 pounds. Uh, he has 42 receptions in the year for 434 yards, 10.3 yards per average, but he only has one touchdown. Um, also, I think it's funny that everyone thought his name was Boutte until he said his name Booty out loud this year. Every, I don't, there's, no, there's no football insight on that. I just think yeah. it was funny. It's, uh, um, <laughs> no further analysis. Yeah, no and, notes. Then, and then there was all this like ESPN talk about, oh, his name's actually Booty. Like, they were afraid to say his name is Booty because, like, that's funny. Um, anyway, maybe their most explosive threat is Dre Jenkins. He only has 24 receptions in the year for 332 yards, but he's averaging three, 13 point yards, 13.8 yards per catch, and he has five touchdowns. He is their big threat down the sideline, 6'4", 194 pounds. I wouldn't be surprised if Dre Jenkins is someone who is targeted on uh, Keely Ringo uh, going into the weekend. Um, on defense, the two big players to watch are, are three, are B.J. Ojolari, who is uh, Aziz Ojolari, former UGA standout's little brother. He went to Oconee County, I think. Hmm. Um, he is an outside linebacker, seven and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks today. He has one pass defense and a forced fumble. Um, he has been kind of outstripped by a freshman. Five-star Harold Perkins has come in this year and had like a truly stupendous uh, season, 7.5 tackles for loss, 5.5, five and a half sacks, or no, six and a half sacks, uh, one interceptions, two forced fumbles, uh, I think three passes defense as like a 260-pound outside linebacker. Harold Perkins is the truth. He is a true first-round draft pick. He is going to be the guy that a lot of our offensive game plan re revolves around. He also will absolutely sack your ass into the turf, and um, I, I pray for Stetson Bennett. Um, <laughs> and his ass. And his ass, yeah. Yeah. That's America's ass. That's this week. no, no. <laughs> That's Brock Bowers. My Brock bad. Bowers. Is so sorry, so sorry. Ass. Not to mix it up. Yeah, come on. Uh, they're their most prolific tackler on tackler of the year, and the sort of QB of their defense is Micah Baskerville, which is a great name. Yes. Uh, LSU was traditionally like an all-name team, and Micah Baskerville is like some mm, so good. I was just going through the roster. I'll say just to interrupt you for a moment. And there's not as many. This is how you know this team has gotten away from its roots. There are not as many yeah, traditionally Cajun names. I yeah. don't see. A, I see one yeah. single E A U X in here, yeah. and I'm upset. Yeah, I mean, there was a guy named T Bob A Bear who played. Yeah, his given first name was T Bob. T Bob. So good. They do have an Aristotle Abraham the second, meaning somebody thought that name was so good they did it twice, and I love that energy. Well, and where is he from? Go back. <laughs> He's from uh, Mansfield, Texas, okay, which yeah. that's the land of good names. Yeah, Mansfield. Aristotle Abraham, Jesus. All right, uh, let's see. Defensively, they run a lot more zone than, corn, uh, than, than man. They have two very good pass rushers, and their corners are big, but they don't have, like, a honey badger. They don't have a first-round draft pick at the cornerback spot. They really rely on getting pressure out of four and five – or three and four-man fronts of, you know, rushing three and four. They were very multiple. They're not really a 3-4 team or a 4-3 uh, team. Matt House is their defensive coordinator who came over from 
uh, the NFL, he was at the Chiefs for a while. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but he has a, he sort of has a reputation as running a lot of like multiple formations. He'll have multiple people standing up at the line of scrimmage. He tends to be a relatively ag aggressive blitzer throughout his career. He has not been as aggressive this year because he's got this guy who is just like an absolute stud who can rush the quarterback on his own. Uh, offensively, you know, Kelly has a reputation as being like an offensive guru. I don't really think that that bears out if you actually look at the stats, but he's certainly a good offensive coach. Uh, he has a reputation throughout his career, Brian Kelly does, other than having bad accents, of being sort of a high-paced coach. He was one of the first guys at Cincinnati who ran the up-tempo offense. Grand, well, Grand Valley State, he was a derivative off of Hal Mummy's tree, which is also Mike Leaf's tree, and then he was like kind of did his own thing with Chip Kelly. Uh, at Grand Valley State. He was at Grand Valley State after Chip Kelly, and then he was at Cincinnati, and then he was at Notre Dame, and now he's at LSU. And traditionally, he's a guy who runs like 80, 90 plays a game. Interestingly, this year, they've only run about 72 plays a, uh, plays a game, which is good for 29th in the nation. By comparison, UGA has run 71 plays a game. So this is not Tennessee in terms of a team that's just going to absolutely light it up in terms of plays run. They have been an effective offense on the year. Uh, they sort of run through Jaden Daniels fully, uh, Kelly is known as a guy who's very comfortable running multiple for, uh, multiple personnel groupings out of the shotgun set. He will run like 12 personnel, 11 personnel, even 13 personnel out of the shotgun. And Jaden Dan and a lot of their offense revolves around the fact that Jaden Daniels can often be plus one in the running game. When we say that, what we mean is like, if you have five offensive linemen and five defenders in front of them, and then a running back, and you hand it to the running back, then there's just five and five, right? But if, you, if the quarterback runs, then you have plus one because now the running back can block as well. So you have six guys on five guys, right? So that's what it means to be plus one. And a lot of their offense is sort of like rotates around Jaden Daniels' ability to get easy yards. Uh, if you run zone against this guy, he will absolutely just eat you up in terms of these like quick chunk runs. Um, I expect to see a lot of Smile Bundon as a spy on Jaden Daniels because traditionally you would have Smile Bundon. Sorry. Yes, also, also very good. <laughs> no, Spile Munden. I smile. just want to make sure it's Spile. No, Smile. He's in the spy, though. No, Smile. God damn. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> anyway. Um, we're, I, I totally I've lost thrown my, you off. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I expect to see Smile Munden spying. Um, smile Munden, again, a great name, spying Jaden Daniels a lot. Um, he is a better runner than anyone else we've played. I would say even probably than Anthony Richardson at Florida. Anthony Richardson is probably like a bigger athlete than Jaden Daniels is, but he doesn't, he can't threaten you with his arm the way Jaden can. Uh, Jaden Daniels is truly like a modern 2022 quarterback in terms of his ability to move the pocket and, you know, throw accurately from different arm angles. He is sort of like a taller, skinnier Patrick Mahomes guy. Um, this is a team offensively that we've seen has had pro problems, actually both offensively and defensively, we've seen that has problems with really physical play. Uh, watching the Texas A&M game last night, I was kind of struck by that game was sort of won and lost, not just from turnovers, which Jane Daniels had a very poorly timed uh, fumble on a snap exchange, but also on Texas A&M's ability to just like uh, what I think um, some football coaches might colloquially call smash ass. Um, and I would expect that even though it will give me um, maybe a pulmonary embolism, that we will see sort of a similar style of football out of Georgia to some extent, uh, offensively and defensively. Uh, I think this is a team that is very talented and has had an effusion of really good uh, talent through the transfer portal under Brian Kelly, but I do not think that they have the depth that Georgia does. Yeah. <sighs> I just take a breath. All right. You did great. Thank that you. was beautiful. Thank you. I so believed in me. 
to review everything then and also to bring in sort of the things we want to fix. We're, we're kind of bringing it all together. We're making a, a big old pot of gumbo. This is the one pot gumbo we're making. What are some things we oh want? Oh, God. What are some things we might want to see that would indicate things are going well for us next Saturday? First, offensively. Offensive side of the ball. What does George need to do that we see on the screen or in person if you're so lucky as to go and we go, oh, I think we get the door right. price is only $230 after them losing to TAMU, which is yeah. super cheap. So if you got the money. Comparatively speaking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for an SEC championship, 230 bucks is cheap. good. Yeah. Um, offensively, I would say finishing drives. Uh, this is a game where Jaden Daniels and Keishon Booty <laughs> uh, are, are, can and will score points on you, and you cannot settle for uh, field goals in this game. That's always true, and it's sort of like a cliche to say it, but you have to score six, especially when you get inside of the 40 and the 20. In particular, if we get inside of LSU's 40, we need to come away with six. Yeah. That's just what it is. Red if zone we woes. do, Yeah. If we are good in the red zone, we are probably going to win this game running away. I would say that I would probably predict us to win anyway, but that would be the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also that we see good Stetson Bennett. If Stetson Bennett walks out there and looks like he just got dumped by some sorority girl, like we're in trouble. <laughs> in the, uh, <laughs> but if he oh. walks out there and looks like he just got propositioned by some sorority girl, we're going to be in good shape. Not too bad. Yeah. What about defensively? What are we looking for defensively? Um, you gotta, you got to keep Jaden Daniels in the pocket. Like, if Jaden Daniels is getting five and six yards of scamper and he's doing it a lot, like, we're screwed. Um, I would say this is not a game where you necessarily have to sack Jaden Daniels, but it is a game where you have to play good contain and you have to set the edge against the run. Um, this is a game where I hate to say hit because he's a, he's a Carrollton alum, but, um, and I love, you know, go Trojans or whatever, but Chaz Chambliss has got to have a good game or he shouldn't be playing because uh, he hasn't really shown the ability to set the edge against the run and this is a team that will uh, go at him yeah uh georgia tech went at him and that's embarrassing when georgia tech goes after you Mm -hmm. i want to say also that football would be a very different game if instead of rushes we called them scampers i just want you to know um (laughs) yeah no like let's take the toxic masculinity out of football let's call them scampers yeah if we scampered everywhere it'd be much better uh jane daniels 12 scampers on the day uh okay called passes like Flicks or like tosses. <laughs> Heaves. No, that's too manly. <laughs> You're right. That's fine. Okay. Predictions for the game then. Georgia is favored by 16 and a half points. The over under for this game is 50 and a half. Where do you kind of foresee this game finishing out then? Uh, so I think this is a game that UJ is going to win. I think this is a game that LSU is talented enough, and at this point, they're just basically playing to ruin our season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I expect them to come out motivated, but I do think you're going to see the best version of UGA. I think the best version of UGA beats pretty much everybody in the nation at this point. Uh, But I do think that at this point, Kirby Smart knows, and Todd Munkin knows, and all the offensive coaches know, and even the drunk, like, problematic frat guy in the stadium knows that UGA does not block well when they run in power situations. So I, I think... You, we are going to have to, and I think we will see a little bit more offensive creativity out of UGA. I think LSU's defense is talented, but from top to bottom, they are not as consistent as deep as UGA's are, and even matching up against UGA's offense. I actually think that Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers are going to have big games. Shocking, I know, but I don't think that LSU's uh, uh, linebacker and safety core is going to match up very well, including Major Burns, a former L- UGA player. Mm-hmm. Um, is their starting safety. Um, so I think this is going to be something like uh, UGA, like 41, LSU, like 24 or something like that. Okay. I'll say 27. 
Because I, I don't actually see this as a game where we cover. Okay. That's fine. I'll take it. I think, that, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is going to be, this is a game that, it seems like whenever we, we, we have the most trouble with teams that we ha shouldn't have any trouble beating. Uh, and of course, LSU is going to show up just to sort of prove a point because they do not, at this point, I feel, have a whole lot of, like they could have some playoff hopes. They might sneak their way to the playoff, but probably not. <laughs> There's very few, few scenarios, I think, in which that would happen at this point. And so they're going to show up and they're going to give us sort of a run for our money in some ways. They're going to get some points on the board, but I think that the we're going to open back up the playbook a little bit, but we're still going to hide enough things to where we have some more season ahead of us is kind of the idea. So it's going to look a little bit different than Georgia Tech. It's going to look a little bit different than the uh, other sort of scrimmage matches that people have been calling, like the Kent States and things like that. But I do think that it's going to be a game that we kind of come away with uh, a good win. Hopefully we, we don't have any big mistakes, big turnovers like we've seen in previous games. And so um, I would give you a UGA 38 and an LSU 17. That's fine with me. I like it. Not too bad. So yeah, that's not bad. I like that. Predicting a UGA win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we're going to win this game. I suspect there's going to be at least two moments where I like pull out my hair. Yeah, for sure. And say something unfortunate in front of people I shouldn't say it again. In yeah, front of. people who like write a paycheck for you. I'm going to yell, what's a kilometer at least once. <laughs> uh, so... Let's go to everybody's favorite uh, segment, including Absolutely. mine. Absolutely. We're going to do Ask CBC. We have some questions that have been submitted. This is Ask CBC, uh, sponsored but not sponsored by Cheerwine, the wine what gives you diabetes. TM, 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 TM. TM. So they do not sponsor us. Please don't sue us, Cheerwine. No, they sponsor us. It's true. No, Just it's like not. Cheerwine Please and Pepto-Bismol, those are our two biggest sponsors. I would really don't want to get sued by these. Huge sponsors. Just backing up the truck. I'd be really embarrassed to get sued by like a third-rate soda company. Um, I would love to be sued by Pepto-Bismol. Just let me say it right now. <laughs> Just ask some questions. Okay. The very first question comes from Christy in London. Uh, how would... What is this question? How would each of you compare the food in the different places you've lived? <laughs> That's a weird question. It is a weird question. Uh, I've lived in Athens. At this point, I would call it my hometown. Um, I'm from the East Atlanta area. Atlanta really, I mean, we got chicken and waffles. You know how it is. Um, Gladys Knights and also now Ludacris himself has started putting out chicken and waffles. But, you know, we've just really mostly lived in Georgia. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, so I lived in Georgia. I lived in Carrollton, which has very good food. Um, and Athens, which I think has good food. Mm -hmm. My wife and I lived in Tennessee for two years. Uh, which was, has, I would say, like, very high variance food. The food is either really high good in Tennessee, food. in Knoxville, or it's like, like, it's like suburban Atlanta hell, but without any of the culture, right? Um, Knoxville is at times. It's like, what's the, what can we eat today? Well, we can go to the depressing Applebee's, or we can go to <laughs> Cracker Barrel and watch white people yell at their servers. Um, mm. So I don't, I don't miss that part of living in Knoxville in particular. Um, we did see a couple at a Cracker Barrel in Knoxville one time, and they went there on Valentine's Day. Uh, we were in a bad place because we were there for Valentine's Day, uh, and they like <laughs> Tennessee had, is the bad place. Yeah, yeah. So they had to eat like they had to wait like ten minutes to get their order, and like they it, it like it, it was not that long that they were waiting. And then the, the guy comes back, their server comes back with their drinks, and he just says, "Oh, we'll just the 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 man just says, oh, we'll just pay for our drinks and leave." And the guy was like, well, I can take your order right now. And he's like, no, we'll pay for our drinks and leave. <laughs> and this guy had this, like, 
like he thought he was like freaking William Wallace, like he was making some like big ethical stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he left, and then my wife and I were like, man, things have gotten bad when we're going to Cracker Barrel for Valentine's Day. <laughs> anyway, maybe we should move back to Georgia. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then six months later, we lived in Athens. Again. Yeah, yeah, started making the moves. Another question from Christy in London. What's on the top of your mind for the days between the SEC championship game and the CFP semifinal? That's a little bit ahead, but what would be on your mind? I really hope the number one thing is I don't want us. I want us to get the number one overall seed because I would really rather play in Atlanta than Arizona. There's some redcoats here. Going to Arizona for like a three-day trip would be um, miserable. And then we'd have to come back and then like six days later. You know what I heard? If we go to Arizona, we're going to have to actually like ship all of our instruments from Arizona to L.A. if we win. Which means in the time in between the two games, we wouldn't be able to practice. That would be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah that don't, sounds rough. Don't look excited about that. <laughs> Unless you guys went to L.A. and just stayed there. That makes yeah, a lot that more sense, be, right? that would be cool. Yeah. That would be great. Fit the bill. Uh, next question comes from the OG Ryan. Which is Dan Orlovsky worse at? So commenting or quarterbacking? This is in reference to the Georgia Tech broadcast. Uh, and a little note about Dan, he only went to one bowl in college at UConn and never had a better than 58% completion percentage. So, yeah, so he's somehow worse at playing quarterback than he was, is it? No, he's better at commenting than he was at playing quarterback. And he's bad at commentating. It's really embarrassing to be like the best <laughs> wow, quarterback in the history of UConn football. Embarrassing to be Dan yeah. on national TV. Uh, next question comes from Rand. Why is this the craziest football season since 2007? Do you think this is the impact of the NIL we can expect to see going forward, or is this an aberration? Well, I think the, the free transfer market and the ability for teams to get good quick has led, for, led to more parity. Mm-hmm. But the sort of in, when you have any system, competitive system with more parity, also leads to higher variance, right? So we've seen a lot of high variance outcomes this year. And I think that's because uh, there is hopefully, and this will continue, I think it will, there's a more even distribution of talent. Even though you have two or three programs at the top that have by far and away the most talent, the, the distribution of talent throughout the rest of college football has become a lot flatter. You have places like LSU that have had these like one-year turnarounds. Even at the lower levels of, of the group of five, you have teams like South Alabama, Troy, who have had these first-year turnarounds where they go from winning like two games to 10 games. Uh, USC is a really good example of this as well at the higher level, you know, probably uh, in in line for a playoff berth after being like you know an eight win team last year because of the transfer market i expect that we'll continue to see this level of instability i do think that probably the results from this game are still were my experience in public education and i hate god i hate saying stuff like that (laughs) how do i say this when at my job where i work um i've noticed that there's a lot of impact from people basically missing two years of school uh due to covid and i think we're still seeing some of that and in terms of variance like Talent, like ultimately in college football, the more talented team wins like 70 to 80% of the time. And I think we're seeing a lower distribution of talent coming out on top because they're just like big, there are two classes of guys who basically missed a year and a half worth of football and are therefore a year and a half behind in their development. I think that's impacted education, but also is currently impacting athletics as well. Mm -hmm. I have a question here from B. Belding. What is the record for consecutive number of angel tags played? And I guess the better question is, like, when do you know when Angel Tag started being used as sort of the, we did it? And uh, yeah, so Angel Tag started in the late 90s. Okay. And like a lot of things the Red Code did, I think it was something they played for a show, and then they added in, and they just started playing it. And I actually, I looked at our records and stuff. I actually think currently we're at the record, which is 14. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you count, like, Orange Bowl, 
the national championship, and then these 12 games have all had an angel tag. So we're currently at 14, and I think that's the record for a consecutive. Makes sense. And the next question I actually have is going to segue us, I think, into our final segment of the show. We're going to bring up fan favorite and mine and Nathan's favorite, Yara, themselves, to come ask this question. So, Yara, come on up. Come do it. Come do the thing. So if you've heard our show before, you know that Yara has a segment that we have added (laughs) called Yara's Rage. And today is Yara's Live Rage. Yara has a question for us uh, in our... Ask CBC segment that has to do about the CFP ranking predictions, and then I have no idea what Yara is about to do, <laughs> so this should be a good time. Um, but would you like to ask the kind people what your question is, Yara? Y- or introduce yes. yourself first. Yeah. Hi, I'm Yara. Um, I am the Chapel Bell Curve social media intern. I'm also a student at UGA. Um, I don't know what else I should say. Token Gen Z. You're good. Yeah, yeah. I'm Gen Z. I don't know. I guess that's my personality trait when I come on here, and it's fun. (laughs) Um, So my question is, what are y'all's college football playoff ranking predictions for next week? Because I've seen a lot of people rank Michigan above us, and I don't know if I agree with that, but I wanted the the professionals' opinions on this. Please don't. (laughs) Please don't call us professionals. Industry experts. (laughs) No, please stop. I, would, I need everyone to stop saying that I'm good at anything immediately. Um, it embarrasses him. What do you think? Uh, I saw some people talking about this, too. Um, Michigan had a very strong showing yesterday. I don't know if that is a strong enough showing to put them at number one. But then again, we did see like weirder stuff happen this season with Tennessee hopping up to number one. But there's a chance. I mean, we could see it happen. Uh, I, I, I'm not looking at Michigan's schedule yeah, I doubt, for the year. I doubt but it. Uh, Michigan has two wins over teams in the top 25 of last week's college football playoff rankings, and Georgia has four. Um, also, college football, the college football playoff committee generally has a very strong incumbency bias, mm-hmm. and while they often can like fall prey to like the recency fallacy of like counting more on the latest results, um, because that's just like a very human thing to do, I doubt that that would overcome the incumbency bias. And also, I would say that like. Inarguably, uh, UGA has had a stronger schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan's two out-of-conference games were, I believe, UMass and Hawaii, which are two of the worst teams in college football by like a pretty good margin. Um, so I would be kind of shocked if Michigan was number one. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Looking at their strength of schedule, Georgia is now fifth for strength of schedule, and then Michigan is eighth. And this does adjust throughout the year based on how other teams are doing and how the previous teams you played did in the season. And so it gives you like a high and a low for each team. And Georgia's highest point this season for their strength of schedule was three. Their lowest was 18th. Michigan's was five was their highest and their lowest was 100. And so that's a pretty big variance, I would say, as far as strength of schedule goes. And so, yeah, I would say that Georgia probably stays there. Michigan comes number two. We're going to see TCU and we're going to see... Probably USC, right? Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. Maybe LSU. Maybe and then maybe USC. Um, no, no, I'm sorry. They just lost. No, they won't. Yeah, USC is probably going to be at four. It yeah. depends on the degree to which Ohio State gets penalized for their loss. Mm-hmm. I can see them still staying in the top four. Definitely. All right, so, Yara, are you ready to rage? Yeah, what are you going to do, yeah. Yara? Um, I guess we're going to party. Well, <laughs> we're going to uh, – so we're going to talk about – some fun little things that I've thought up or uh-huh. that I've conjured in the past week. First, we're going to start with SEC teams as songs in my pregame playlist. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is like 
the most ADHD segment ever. It's okay. insane. Okay. Tell us about your pregame playlist. What is it? What is the purpose? Can people find it on Spotify? Um, you can find it on Apple Music. I'm sorry, I got a six-month free trial, and I'm trying to take advantage of it. I understand. So, <laughs> but I'll put it on Spotify. Uh, my pregame playlist is for me to or for me to realistically enjoy why I, while I hypothetically consume beverages in preparation for hypothetically going downtown. Her, it's sure, fun. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And We've just hanging out with friends. Right, yeah. Yeah. Lemonade. As, oh, yeah, lemonade. Ice uh, cream, yeah. Cheer wine. <laughs> yes. The mix. Slushies. Yes. Got it. Okay, well, hit us with some teams and some, some games. Okay. Or so, first we have playlist. Florida. Florida is Hotel Room Service by Pitbull. I just associate this song with Florida because this is a song that I played last year when I was driving the truck to Florida and we entered Miami. Pitbull it is was, Miami personified as well. Yeah. Yes, precisely. LSU is swag surfing. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know how to justify this decision, but I don't think I have to. I just believe that LSU is, in fact, swag surfing is constantly. Yes. Yeah. That's why I I'm applied there. I know what all of this means. <laughs> do you, you not know job. what the song I know swag surfing I know what the song swag surfing is. Do you know what swag surfing is? <laughs> could you do it here if we asked you? No, I, I could, <laughs> but no, I we won't. Could, we could swag surf. No, we could swag surf. Go to the next team. <laughs> What's Auburn? <laughs> Auburn is for delicious. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, that one I do know. That one I can, get. You can listen to it exactly one time per night, and otherwise it gets annoying. Mm -hmm. And that's my take. You can play Auburn one time, and then they get annoying. Um, Vanderbilt is Toxic by Britney Spears <laughs> because it's underrated and it's kind of nerdy, but everybody kind of loves them. They're like the little brother of the SEC. Is just so. Vanderbilt kind of nerdy, or is Toxic kind of nerdy. Um, I've never considered toxic to be. That's kind of nerdy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, it's like Vanderbilt's like alter ego. Like sure. you know, all oh, the nerds okay. have like alter egos so that it's are like, like when, fun. When the nerdy girl like puts her hair up and puts on makeup. Yes. And then, like, they're, and then it's pretty. It's like so whoa, edgy. She was pretty the whole time. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I like it. Okay. Every teen movie ever. Missouri is Umbrella by Rihanna. <laughs> okay. I just. I believe that the vibes match. I can't elaborate on this one. I'm gonna okay. need more, I don't know how to elaborate on any of these decisions. Um, Texas A&M is pursuit of happiness. Again, I don't know how to explain this one. I literally, I just kind of listened to. I shuffled my pregame playlist like throughout the week, and I was like, oh. Isn't pursuit of happiness about like trying to be happy in the face of mental illness? Because that does fit. <laughs> that Texas does. That fits. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tennessee is wasted and because it's fun for a minute and then it gets really annoying Who's that and repetitive. By? You don't know the song Wasted? No, I don't know the song I don't know half of these I'm, songs. I'm like Yara. <laughs> I didn't know that you guys were that old. Don't play it. No, we don't want to get a copyright. Who's it by? Oh. Uh, let me check. I just kind of listen. But it makes sense that it's fun for a minute and it gets annoying and repetitive. It's yeah, a big, it's... big rocky top. I get it. Yes. That makes sense. Wasted is by... I'm looking. It's by Tiesto. It's featuring oh. Matthew Coma. DJ Tiesto. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, where am I? UGA is No Hands. I, I do know that song. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're some. We're going somewhere. I just believe this is correct. My favorite part of No Hands is the part where Roscoe starts, and it makes me so happy. It just makes me feral. And. Likewise, UGA makes me happy and makes me feral. Absolutely feral. Good. Yes. Don't ask questions. You Goblin don't want to know what that means. <laughs> Ole Miss is Mobama. Okay, yeah, Mo that I totally just, fits. Yeah. Yes. 
every time I learn something about both Old Miss and every time I hear Mobama, it is against my will. So, um, <laughs> Kentucky is low places. I got friends. Like I the, wrote that like in there. The, the Garth Brooks <laughs> yeah. song? I was me. I, I did that. That was a song I know. Yeah, I know. That... <laughs> yeah, I get that one. Mississippi State is stir fry or fight night, both by the Migos. Yeah. Okay. Maybe both. They're both chronically underrated, and I think they deserve better. I just like them. Um, Bama is Bonfire by oh, Childish yeah. Gambino. That makes sense. The sorority girls go feral for that song every yeah. single time it comes She's on. She's like, I love rap music, and it's yeah. Childish yes. Gambino. Yes, every But time. only Childish Gambino. Yeah. Arkansas is Red Solo Cup. <laughs> I really... <laughs> I really like that song. It makes me so happy. It's very country. It's very silly, but it's still a banger. And I, I can't locate Arkansas on a map. So that's like, it's, <laughs> so it just, it fits. It checks okay? out, yeah. <laughs> and finally, South Carolina is Sandstorm. Okay, just, yeah, that's that one, good. <laughs> yes. But hold on, I need to pause. Does that mean that on your pre-game drinking playlist, you the you have Dayrude Sandstorm from like 1998? No, I, I put that on there as yeah. well. Okay, okay, good. It was you my know? own contribution. Should I add it? Is that you probably should? Yeah, I know it's a pain. Have you ever listened to it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's not bad. It's so good. <laughs> Upsettingly enough. Um, next, we're going to segue into what side of TikTok is S is each oh, SEC head coach on? Okay. I've provide I've decided that um. Since I don't know what the target audience here, and I don't oh know if God. y'all are on TikTok. There's a whole I've slideshow. <laughs> I've provided some screenshots for your entertainment. This is outstanding. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doing so, great. Do you want to turn it here? I can just do this. Oh, wow. Okay. She I got to read them, the notes on my phone. Flip computers. So yeah, those of you that might not be aware, TikTok, uh, when you refer to different parts of TikTok, you take away the tick and you add the thing that is part of. For yes. instance, book talk, astrology talk, Christian talk, mm -hmm. things like these things, you know. Um, Tattooed goth girls talk. Yeah, sure. Oh my God. <laughs> Hypothetically Goth familiar. girlfriend talk. Oh, yeah. goth you gotta, girl yeah. talk. Oh Thirst my talk. God. Oh. There's like lumberjack talk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get on TikTok, y'all, if you're not on there. It's a terrible waste yeah, of time. It'll and figure I love out it. what so makes fun. you horny. That's, a, that's, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> that's you, their tagline. In when you get on TikTok, follow us at Chapel Bell Curve. Oh, wow. Yeah. We have a TikTok. Yeah, we do. It's on our link tree along with our Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you too can subscribe and join a community of awesome people. Patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bell Curve. Yay. Okay. So first job. we have Billy Napier from Florida. I believe that Billy Napier is on astrology talk. Astrology talk, um, it just describes like where you are depending on what when you were born. And I think that Billy Napier is big on astrology. Big on astrology. That's my belief. You um, gotta be in Florida. You gotta have a thing in Florida to get by, I think. Like you gotta have a like a character trait that is, you know, yeah. sort of toxic, but yeah. Like, it could be an MLM. It could be a it could be. scheme. Yes. Okay. Next. <laughs> I have never felt as young as I do right now. You're doing great. Thanks. Okay. Next, we are on Brian, Brian Kelly, Kelly from LSU. I'm doing these in alphabetical order of name. Um, this is the side of TikTok that has, a, like, a scene from Family Guy or Young Sheldon or, like, a a reading of a Reddit post <laughs> with like, am I the asshole on it? <laughs> and it's on like the top part of the screen. 
and somebody is playing various video games on the bottom part of the screen. This is so niche. It's that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a Brian really Kelly, deep burn. Are you guys not taste. on the side of TikTok? No, I am. Hold no. On. I, I am. Yeah, it's fine. I, I think I've figured out the, uh, oh, I'm looking at it right now, yeah. I think I've figured out what this, this, uh, this segment really is. It's let Yara take the millennials to school. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've I'm, never felt more old. I've never felt so young. Please continue. <laughs> it's so much fun. And as somebody with chronic ADHD, I can focus on the game and the family guy that's like absolutely in violation of various copyright laws at the same time. It's so nice. I like referring to ADHD as chronic ADHD. Yes. As if it goes away at some time. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, that's here to stay. Relaxing, remitting ADHD. Yes. Yeah. You've got Auburn next. Um, next, Cadillac we have Williams. Cadillac Williams. Cadillac Williams is on Christian Talk. Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Apparently, no he, doubt. apparently he converted 12 players uh, to give their, give their life to Christ, which their is like bodies. cool and all. And so I think he's on Christian Talk. Specifically, no he's seen this TikTok that's like infamous. It's like Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. Oh, yeah. And everybody just like claps so hard and so much. Yeah. And I think that's where he's <laughs> so at. So hard, so much. <laughs> Okay. The next one you've got here is Vanderbilt. Yes, the weird Vanderbilt's political side on of TikTok. political TikTok. Specifically, political moments that changed my life or like reshaped my, my thinking. Are I you think saying you, like my life, like your life or the, the, it, the, the, tit- the general like the title you, me. of the TikTok? Okay. Yes. Okay. Making sure. Yeah. They, they make a slideshow presentation with different political moments in life that, that changed the, their brain chemistry. This is the beautiful, this is a reference to earlier, the Four Seasons uh, the Landscaping Conference. Happened, yeah. the, best, the funniest thing that's ever happened that in insane. the history of anything, truly. Yeah. Yes. I own the t-shirt from that landscaping company now. Next we have... Josh Heifel? <laughs> no. No. Eli Drinkwitz. Eli, Drink- Eli Drinkwitz. What's he up to? He's on College Talk. <laughs> I don't think he ever grew out of his like college days. I think he's still active in his fraternity like group me. Even like the alumni group me, even though he is very old. Um, and isn't he like forty? <laughs> That's very old. Ah! <laughs> Eli Drinkwitz is the kind of guy that comes God back for, for damn it for Parents Weekend. <laughs> Talks about all the places he used to go to. Oh my God! Yeah, no, I got it. That old ass forty-year-old. Oh Jesus on the cross. Jim, <laughs> tell us about Jimbo Fisher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jimbo is... Fisher is on Dabloon Talk. De okay. Bloom... You were talking about Dabloons earlier, and I need to know what they are in reference to TikTok. TikTok has made their own currency. Of course And they it's have. not like an NFT, which is like lame and dumb. I don't like <laughs> NFTs. Okay. <laughs> this currency is Dabloons, and some, you'll just come across That's TikToks that give you Dabloons, and you can buy various things on TikTok with those Dabloons. So far, I have a budget, actually. You have a budget? I have a doubloon budget. Have you budgeted your real money? No, just my doubloons. Just your doubloons? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) On the 23rd of November, I was granted 1,100 doubloons. How many dollars is that? I don't know. (laughs) We haven't figured that part out yet. And then on the 25th, I spent 1,000 of those doubloons. On what? On the FIA, which is like Formula One. Like governing body. Do you own the Formula One now? Yes. Lovely. Okay. I okay. own Lewis Hamilton. I understand Hamilton. doubloons now. <laughs> okay. I love Lewis Hamilton so much, and now he works for me. That's where Jimbo Fisher is. Yes. So Josh Heupel, 
you get to say this one out loud. Josh Heifel is on weird millennial and boomer TikTok. <laughs> I think this is where he is. Okay. He's like on this strange sense of humor, like very much still stuck in Vine, trying to like trying to make TikTok Vine, but it's not working. And it's just bad. Joke's like on you, your Yara. Example is like TikTok is fine. <laughs> <laughs> we already got you. Checkmate. Yeah. Oh, boy. Kirby right. Smart. What's he up Kirby to? Kirby Smart is on Fraternity Boy and Sorority Girl TikTok. Okay. I think this is just where he is. Sure. Similar to where, where I go earlier. Similar to Eli Drinkwitz, I think that he is active in his alumni, like, fraternity group chat. I think that... He goes to these events frequently as Kirby Smart, which is mm-hmm. wild. And I don't know. I just feel like that's the vibe. Okay, that's fair. Yes. Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin. Sorry, I'm like going no, I'm, everywhere. You're Lane good. I'm Kiffin to help is you out. on the obscure meme slideshow TikTok. There are like, <laughs> recently TikTok has introduced a slideshow presentation format where you can choose different pictures and make it a slideshow. And I think that he's on there, but like the weird meme ones that like are very niche and nobody understands them. I think that's where he's at. Based on his Twitter. His Twitter is the best. Yeah, he knows. Interesting. He gets it. Yes. Mark Stoops is on K-pop TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) And why? I don't know. Just because he loves K-pop. That's the vibe. That's the vibe. We're doing this all on vibes. All vibes. Yeah, this is this is exclusively vibes. <laughs> I don't know anything. This is just what I think is correct. Yara understands our brand. Yeah. Yes. Mike Leach is on like conspiracy talk. One hundred percent. Like yes. SCP conspiracy TikTok. Oh. Such as this. Snoop Dogg is alive. <laughs> I don't know why this is a conspiracy because Snoop Dogg is in fact alive. That's when not I Snoop Dogg. Up, that's Tupac. <laughs> Yara. What? <laughs> that's not Snoop Dogg. It says Snoop Dogg up here. I'm aware of what it says. Yeah, that's definitely Tupac. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a, that's a conspiracy. <laughs> well, I guess that's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory now. I'm gonna. You have Nick Saban here, and you have a perfectly reasonable answer, but I also want to argue and, and, and just posit that Nick Saban is not on TikTok and has never heard of it. Most that's likely. A, that's a valid explanation. Um, <laughs> I've run out of slides, so this is where the slideshow ends. <laughs> Actually, I have one more, but it'll wait. Okay. Nick Saban, I think, if he even is on TikTok, he's on Country Talk. He's... Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, Nick Saban, please don't sue me if you listen to Do this. It. But, like, I feel like you're on the really specific part of TikTok where they talk about, like, how much, like, women don't want to be with men who, like... Care, for, care and provide for the family and just want them to stay home and women only Dang. want to be with men that are that's like country talk. super skinny and like have earrings. Yeah, that's country talk. I was thinking country talk was like the one, like you know how they do like line dance videos? Well, that's also country talk. Oh, that's, I okay, thought you, you meant like agricultural talk. <laughs> <laughs> agricultural talk. <laughs> that's that's different. Sam, Farm talk. Sam Pittman is on jail talk. What's, what is jail talk? <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just think he happens to be on there. Like, what is sometimes it? jail inmates will smuggle in phones as they go into jail, and then they'll make TikToks in jail, and it has like this really shitty quality. Like, there are two pixels on the screen, but you can see them dancing, and it's so wonderful. And the comments are filled with like, "Free my boy, he did nothing wrong," and I agree. <laughs> 
free my boy. He did nothing wrong. All of the, <laughs> all of them. Every single inmate on Jail Talk. Oh boy. And finally, um, Shane Beamer from South Carolina is actually <laughs> the side of TikTok that's thirsting over ghosts from the new Call of Duty game. There are so many like, there are so many video edits and. And <laughs> an erotic fan fiction that is written about this man. Nice. nice. And I think that's where he's at. Okay. And okay. Th- that's my presentation, or that's one of my presentations. Like that, that's not your only one. You have a final no. thing you want to ask yeah. us. Yeah, what a great like. way to end our second live show with Yara's, <laughs> Yara's newest segment. What is, Yara, what is this segment called? Oh, God. Help the millennials. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I present, oh, is it gonna load? You have a final question here. And I do. It's, it's just a little bullet point. And you said, is, is he, hot, he hot or am I just down bad? Do I just have a confidence kink? So recently it's come to my, it's come to my awareness that some people think that I have really bad taste in men. Oh my God. And that's fine, I understand. So I figured I'd come here and ask and ask people who I think know a lot about about stuff and you, the audience, whether I actually have really bad taste in men. I think you can just. So you have on here. I'll, can I read out your second screen here as you figure that out? Your second screen is how how it works. One presentation. Yes. I show you an image of a football player. Two contemplation. We discuss their <laughs> merits and talents. Three deliberation. We rate their attractiveness on a scale from one to ten. Finalization. We vote whether they're attractive or if they're just talented. Yes. Okay. When we <laughs> vote, we're just gonna do like a little, a little thumbs up or thumbs yeah. down in the audience. A classic audience. Yes. Uh, participation. Let's go audience participation. Yeah. All right. Number one, a classic. <laughs> Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia. All right. So we're gonna start with contemplation. We discuss their merits and talents. Yes. Nathan, what are his merits and talents? I mean, uh, like sexually or <laughs> no? <laughs> Go on. Uh, what you mean by that? Well, he's uh, you know Brock Bowers is a physical unicorn. He's like uh, the size of a tight end. He has serious wide receiver skills. He's arguably the most talented tight end to ever play. If not, he's in the top five. He's uh, he has Man. insane ball skills. LOL. Um, <laughs> A great and, and relevant answer. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think, I mean, he's pretty much like a surefire NFL draft pick yeah. at this point, barring injuries. He came and volunteered in my Books or Keeps warehouse once, and it was right after his surgery. So he had one arm that was just like attached to his body, and the other arm, he just kept sorting books. So certainly competent in there, you know. Oh. Yeah, and a good those, That's a merit. Yeah, he, he donates his time. Donated his time. Had a great time. A charitable man. A charitable okay. man. <laughs> Green flag. All right, deliberation. <laughs> How do we rate this man on a scale of one to ten, gentlemen? Damn. Uh, <laughs> Objectify well, this boy. So here's something I've noticed is, and this might not be a deal breaker, but he has sort of like a really high hairline, even in his 20s, which is fine. It's fine, Dad. I'm sorry. It's fine. Uh, and he, he has a billboard on Macon Highway for like some law firm. He sure does. And he's like very obviously wearing a black plain hat. Because he was like, I don't want anyone to read me from my Aww. receding hairline, which is fine. I, I don't know if that affects what we think about him. Um, Doesn't. I mean, he's obviously in super good shape. He's a generous person. He seems like he'd be like a thoughtful lover to me. 
That's just like a vibes thing. I don't know. This that is the kind of stuff that there. I never get to hear people respond to when it's just me and you talking about it. So this is pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like he'd really put in the work. You know, he'd what put I mean? in the work. He'd really care about it's probably, the experience. He's from California as well. He's probably pretty progressive. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That guy's had a tarot reading, you know? Oh, like, well, yeah. That's, he knows what Reiki is. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> one of his ex-girlfriends definitely owned crystals. Like, 100%. Really he might own his it. own. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I, I think... He's up there. Yeah, he's a, like seven, eight. You know, I okay. think if you take him as a full person. I mean, he does kind of <laughs> look like, a, like, a, like someone who came out of the womb looking like he was 37. He sure but does. that's okay. I don't judge that. Excellent. Okay. I give him a seven or eight. Yeah, that's, that's right. fine. Finalization, audience, thumbs up or thumbs down for Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers! All right, fully, All right. full He's go. Babe. Great no, y'all, y'all ain't for it. Great. Okay. All right. Next up, this is a new contender that, new I, contender. that I followed on Twitter me, last yeah. night after his stellar performance against LSU. We have Moose Muhammad III. He is from, uh, he is from Texas A&M. He is a wide receiver. He is a sophomore. All right. His name's Moose Muhammad III. Next question. Yeah. Green yeah. light. Green and if light we're, like, if we're observing no rules from before, this is a name so good that they used it thrice. Yeah. <laughs> no. His dad and his granddad are both named Moose, Moose by God Muhammad. <laughs> uh, what else is there to say? He's a Division I football player. His name's Moose Muhammad. Stamp of approval. Hey, that guy's tough as hell because he grew up with the name Moose Muhammad, right? <laughs> He went to middle school, I assume. Yeah, I mean, you know, he has to have a real personality because, again, his name is Moose Muhammad. So he didn't get anything handed to him in high school, no doubt. That Absolutely. guy got bullied so much in middle school. And that so it makes him more like uh, a more fully rounded adult because yeah. of his bullying experiences. So are we just giving the green light? Yeah, from no, the start? Full go. Okay. Yeah, you got full it. Go. Right. Absolutely. If you match with him on Tinder, like, do it. Yeah. I don't know when We're I'm ever going to be within like a 10 mile, which is what I have my Tinder distance. Good set for you. To. Keep it small. <laughs> like radius of Moose Muhammad. You're going to have to go to College Station. Oh. Yeah, don't do that. I don't want to go to College Station. Okay, audience, Moose Muhammad, how do we feel? Oh, Absolutely. Oh, we're, we're you don't even excited need to see about him. Moose Muhammad. We He's are cute, very though. excited. Okay, here we go. Next one, J.J. McCarthy, <laughs> okay. quarterback, Michigan. I think J.J. So, McCarthy, all right, you go, go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend for all intents and purposes that I don't hate Michigan yet. When fair, the fair. When everything gets announced on, on Tuesday, like the CFP rankings and everything, and then maybe we face Michigan, then I'll hate Michigan. But right now, he's chill. So that's my preface. <laughs> the vibes I, are fine still. I think yes. J.J. McCarthy is, like, he's unequivocally adorable. an attractive human. Look at him. And his name's J.J., which is, like, it's a high variance name. I feel like J.J. is either, like, that's a cool guy, or it's like, oh, God. I'm less into McCarthy for just yeah, going by, no, that's you know, judging great. the book by its cover. Yeah, yeah, that's not great. You do worry about, like, does he have someone in his past who's a senator from Wisconsin? What does he think about communists? <laughs> uh, that was a McCarthyism. That was a good that joke. Was a, he good. Uh, I don't know. He looks, he, he looks, he's playing the game. He likes the game he plays. He's smiling. He looks like he's having a good time. Yeah. yeah. Loves I blue do, and yellow. I good do colors. Hate Michigan. So that is hard. But I would say, I mean, eight or nine. Like, he's a good looking guy. There's oh, no doubt about wow. it. Wow. Okay. He's, he's, got a very, he's got a very symmetrical Traditionally face. Traditionally handsome. He has a nice smile. Yeah. yeah. He looks like an unproblematic Abercrombie and Fitch model. <laughs> you know? Looks like, yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, he could be a horrible human. <clears throat> you yeah. never know. I'll, I'll look him up on Instagram. 
How do we feel about J.J. McCartney, friends? He's all right, yeah. We don't like J.J. McCartney. No, I'll give him oh, a we, got, we got mixed McCarthy, opinions. He's not Paul. He's, he's, like, <laughs> he's no Moose Muhammad. Yeah. Okay. That's for sure. All right. Now we got... We're getting into this. This, this one is just... I don't... <laughs> we got Shane dude. Bieber from the Cox. In Cox. <laughs> All right. All right. Make present your, your case. Make your case, please. <laughs> this is now Shark Tank. Yeah, you're gonna have to really sell me okay. on this one. One. <laughs> okay. I think he's hot in like a dilf way. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's hot in like. Look at this picture. Look. I think he's hot in like a dilf way. Like in a dilf way. Okay. Like, you keep saying. You keep saying like, it like it means something. Like it's gonna land with me. <laughs> is he? Is no, he I not get, no, I get, I get what it you? means. I get what it means. And no, also, he coaches <clears throat> cock football. That's so fucking cool. Fair. Did you know that their hockey team is called Cock Hockey? That's so fucking funny. Just, I love it. Just be it. cocky. <laughs> yeah. I love cocky. Did you know that they? You know that they have like an area on their campus where they can tailgate, and it's a bunch of like old school train cars, and it's they're called the Cockabooses. Oh, pretty I'm, great. I'm taking a trip to the Cockabooses. I want to sure. see this in person. I, I don't need to know that much about your weekend plans. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that, so the, my situation with this is that you've presented a lot of really great, um, I guess, cock-adjacent cock facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I am still not sold on Shane Beamer himself. <laughs> yeah, can you give me some, can you give me some non-cock-related arguments for Shane Beamer? Okay. Nope. Well, <laughs> South sure Carolina can. isn't doing awful this they year. Did. They beat, they beat Dabo Swinney yesterday. Mm-hmm. Swinney, which and is, that's all that matters That's a to win me. for humanity. Yeah. yeah. Good on you, Shane Beamer. You've turned me around. My arm is twisted. <laughs> <laughs> I've twisted my own arm, truly. Hold on. I, I, I think, you know, this picture, he does kind of look like his kid just won, like, a t-ball tournament. Yeah. <laughs> if and his I, kid was seven feet tall and could pick him up. Yeah. No, it's like... I'm so proud of you, son. My giant 10-year-old My giant son. boy. <laughs> um, now, here's something that I, do, I will bring up, and I don't want to take the shine off of old Shane here. He is a nepotism baby. Oh. Mm. Okay. Is nepotism hot? That is a good question. No. Okay, well, you got to keep that in mind. How nepotism are we talking? Well, his dad is like the most famous, co- like he's the most famous Virginia Tech coach in the history. Like so, Beamer Ball was a thing from the so 90s. So he has money. Yeah, yes. no, he has generational wealth. <laughs> you get sure. it. You get it. Depends what your goals are. Yeah. 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 Beamer Ball. You <laughs> is big on Beamer Ball now. I okay. mean, in terms of like, if you were turned on by Pit Vipers, this I think the, the answer is yes. <laughs> of all the coaches that you could have put in this, this wasn't the one I would put in here. Like, yeah. I think he's we said a, beforehand, tra- Marcus Freeman? He's if no Marcus Freeman. Him, Dan if, Lanning? He's no Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning's fine. I wish yeah. I thought about Dan you, Lanning before I... You didn't need to ask us about Dan Lanning is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay. Oh, so Audience, your... how do we feel about, about King Shane Beamer? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like this is one where you've already decided. You split the You group. already know. <laughs> You already know you your didn't answer. Need us. Yeah. I do. Okay. And oh finally, you don't I need have to ask one that I know one. everybody here is, is going to love. Look at this beautiful... There are so many... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a collage. Like you've opened your, you your closet for us. You made a of Joan Burrow. And this is your the, the door of your closet. Is this what's crudely taped to your <laughs> ceiling? Yeah. Yes. You lay down at night and you... <laughs> Okay. I actually have this on the wall right behind my, my desk. I don't. I love but. that. <laughs> okay. So yes. make your Joe Burrow case. 
Okay, Joe Burrow one took LSU and got the natty and won a Heisman and did the did the Bengal thing and went to the Super Bowl in like his rookie ish year and that okay. was pretty cool. Okay. Two, he's hot. Three. <laughs> okay. He has NFL money. He does have right. NFL money. Yeah, that's yeah, generational that's wealth. Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. He's on his way. Even mm-hmm. if you divorce him, he's still He's from Ohio, though. There's that. No, but, oh. but see, here's the thing. I think you can make an argument that he was from Ohio and he left. He's Now, he did go back. Back in Ohio. He, he did leave, <laughs> which is a bonus. Like leaving, like, leaving Ohio because you want to is a good thing. But then he went back. Yeah, he went back. Nobody got drafted. Okay. Not could have said no. Can you say How no? How tall is he? Does it say old? He's like 6'4". Six, six, four. Six four four. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you like dudes with like big, dumb, open faces shaped like refrigerator boxes, <laughs> this is the man for you. He has sort of like a disarmingly stupid face. I will give that to him. Like I see him, and I'm like, that guy's not smart enough to con me, and that makes me feel good. I feel comforted by that. Like have that guy doesn't have the like wherewithal to steal my wallet. Have you seen the video from his LSU days where he's smoking a cigar oh, yeah. and we, get oh, the yeah. gat is playing in the background? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that might seriously sway your opinion. No, That's I have, like, no, okay. I'm, I'm not. I'm not against Joe Burrow. Like I like. I like his swagger. Okay. I liked it when he, on a senior day he had like the Joe Burrow like B U R E U X on his. Yeah, I appreciate cool. that. Like that video is to Yara as like the mummy <laughs> is to millennials everywhere. Like. <laughs> Oh, was that where you were like, oh, uh, well, I'm bisexual. (laughs) Joe Burrow. (laughs) Joe Burrow made me bisexual. (laughs) Yeah, Brandon Fraser and, oh gosh, what's her name? Uh, The Mummy. Yeah, it doesn't matter right now. (laughs) Everybody go watch The Mummy. It's better than you think it is. (laughs) And Joe Burrow. I I don't know. I'm I'm full. I'm full go on Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, you don't need everybody's approval here. I don't know what The Mummy is. No. It's just an action movie where everyone's hot. We have a lot to talk about after but this. But it's not like just the main people are hot. It's like everybody Every in single person. Hot. Are there mummies in it? Oh, yes. Even the mummies hot. <laughs> it's called ultimately. the mummy. How are the mummies hot? Well, once he stops being a mummy and like recorporates into like his mortal form, he's hot. Duh. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right. You got to watch the mummy. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Okay. Joe Burrow. <laughs> Full go. Yeah. You've got this. Yeah, you got it. You got, got that approval. You got Joe Burrow. Yeah. You got Joe Burrow. All right. All right. And now I have my thank you slide. <laughs> it's very important. Does that say thank you for coming to my TED Talk? Yes, it, it does. does. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for coming to Yara's TED I Talk. I wanted y'all. to thank you all for coming to my TED Talk. And this concludes my live rage. Thank you so <laughs> much. Excellent work. Thank you for bringing us through all of that. Um, now that we're at the end of the show, though, I will say that one thing that we forgot to talk about that we forgot to talk about last year was um, how do you end a live show? <laughs> um, <clears throat> He's got it. He's got this it. This has been Chapel Belker. <laughs> you can find us on copy. iTunes, Google Play. This is copy I wrote, I so know, I can read it. it because I wrote it. All right, can I go? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> do it. Thank you. <laughs> this has been Chapel Belker. <laughs> I swear to God. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere you can subscribe to a podcast. You can catch with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or TikTok, I guess, theoretically, by searching Chapel Bell Curve. And it will probably be answered by Yara, who is funnier than yeah. us. You can send us an email at chapelbellcurve at gmail.com, and you can find us and yell at us at any other social media place or on the wall of your local bathroom. Yeah. Even if it's your own. <laughs> if you like what you heard today, we would love it if you gave us a rating or a review. Or if you're here in person, I guess a hug or something. Yeah, um, tell someone about us. Like a very platonic hug. A fist um, bump. If, yeah, <laughs> if you'd like to support this podcast, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Chapel Bell Curve. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, for as little as one dollar, you can become part of an awesome Discord community mm -hmm. of which many, well, I'll say many, a few are here today. We will catch you in Atlanta, Atlanta. next week. I will be there. Yeah. Lovely, you can lovely. find me and yell at me. I will probably be very busy. But until then, go to And that's the end. Hooray. Stop the recording. <laughs>